Welcome to Sad Talks. It's podcast. That's the, all I got for you. That's, all, that's, that's it. That's all we got. Uh, my name's Corey Kraft. And I'm Rachel Morgan, I think. And uh, we're going to talk about some movies. Let's do it. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Hey, bro, bro. It's Rachel and Corey. Hey. Hey. What are you up to, man? What's going on? Well, I'm at the beach, so I'm near some some uh, beach roads and some kiddos. So you know, if you hear anything random in the background, that's just some beach life going on. I'm jelly, bitch. Yeah, I'm very jealous as well. <laughs> and let me remember that. Um, do you see what I just did right there, Lisa? Too. I brought up a memory of a airbrush shirt where I was once. Uh, I was. Yeah. Yes, from the beach. I was once in an Alvin's Island, and a airbrush man was doing a very wonderful, lovely airbrush of a jellyfish, which underneath it said "jelly bitch." And, <laughs> jelly um, bitch. And I was very jealous. I also, I've, I think I successfully penned who was getting that airbrush. It was a, a very yeah. large queen um, walking through the room with lots of stuff on his arm, and oh my um, goodness. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it's him. Anyway. Pretty sure as hell. Anyway, <laughs> anybody ever want to give me a gift? I would love a jellyfish, jelly bitch airbrush shirt. But what's okay, going on with yeah, you? How's you the know, beach there? Oh, it's great. Yeah, we actually we passed we passed a big Alvin's Island earlier, and I have yet to go in one. And I specifically said I got to get my Alvin's Island fix before we leave. So of I'm course. gonna be in there. So maybe I'll peruse the airbrush for you. Please, please. <laughs> well, what have you been watching? Have you seen anything at the beach, or you want to talk about something before before the beach? <sighs> Well, okay, so yeah, I haven't really watched anything here, but before the beach, I, when uh, we flew out to a beautiful Boise a few weeks ago, um, I watched a movie on the plane, and it's not one I would have ever sought out, but you know how it is, plane movies, you sort of take what you can get. Oh, yeah, and, and happily, I happily take what yep. I can get on a plane. It's yeah. like, give me anything. Somehow I end up watching anything. the worst shit. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's what I did, too, because, uh, okay, I watched... The movie about the guy, okay, it's called An American Tickle. Yeah. The one, do you even know of this? It's the one with Seth Rogen, and he's a, uh, it's like, he's in it, modern time guy, and then he's got an old timey guy that he also plays who fell into a vat of pickle juice a long time ago and was perfectly preserved, and you know how that goes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's like, it's like modern Seth Rogen and his like hundred, uh, old, hundred year old, um, Jewish ancestor who, yes. who so you've seen this, Corey. Yes, I, I have. I, I have seen it. What did you think of it? I like it. It's weird and silly. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, okay. Here's the things I will say. The, I definitely found myself forgetting that it's the same actor. So I think they did a really good job with that portion of it. Like, you know, because I, I didn't, it would, times would go by and they'd be talking to each other and then I'd realize, oh, wait, like, this isn't Seth Rogen talking to Seth Rogen. This is like Seth Rogen talking to, like, a tennis ball on a stick or something, you know? You know what, though? So, I have to interject really quick and say that I had the same experience watching the fucking Patty Duke show. <laughs> so nobody gets congratulations here. They just don't. <laughs> that was, like, a okay, million well, years ago. I know. And that's before they even had tennis balls. That was, like, you know, <laughs> Patty Duke was talking to... I don't know. Or just a like pickle. Haley Mills looking <laughs> slightly off screen, and then they put the other Haley Mills on the other half. Right. Yeah. yeah. This, well, is, okay, this so is an old one, trick. That was one of my comments or compliments was that I found myself forgetting <laughs> that they were, you know, uh, cousins, identical cousins. <laughs> Sorry. And, um, you know, there's lots of things like really big leaps 
you know, an implausibility in kind of an otherwise not very fantastical world. Like it's a pretty normal seeming world. And then there'd be stuff like, you know, how, where does, because the one, so the one's old timey ancestor guy, he sort of goes off and does his own thing and he begins built like selling pickles and, you know, he gets all these pickle jars out of the dumpster and he kind of makes his own pickle uh, business, you know, very scrappy. But at the same time, it's like stuff like, well, where does he bathe? And like, where does he put his money when he may, like, where does he have a bank account? Like what, how does he transport to, you know, I have like that thing, which a lot of people do with movies where they're like, but how does the logistics really work? You know, but I just found myself really dwelling on those, which I think is a bad sign because it means I'm not really here for the story. Kind of, oh my goodness. Sorry about the horn guys. (laughs) Sorry. That's a beach life. That's beach life. Oh Um, man. Hang ten. So, um, so yeah, stuff like that. And then, um, there was a whole lot of, um, like a lot of, uh, Jewish identity things going on, but as a, you know, a former Catholic girl from Alabama, I don't really feel quite qualified to comment. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm like, I don't know. Um, like there's one part where they wind up in the old country and, oh, and of course there was a switcheroo because spoiler alert, um, they look so much alike and that, you know, when, when the, um, young Seth Rogen shaved his beard or no, the old Seth Rogen, the old and tiny one, he shaved his beard and then now he looks like the young one and there was switcheroos and there was whole, a lot of that kind of thing going on. Are you sure this and, wasn't um, a sitcom from the 1950s? <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then there was like, uh, then all of a sudden, I'm like, I thought this movie was about a guy who fell in a vat of pickles and it's like a fish out of water and look at him navigate the city in modern times. But now all of a sudden they're in the old country, like reading together from the Torah in like a, a synagogue. I mean, like, it's, I just it went places I did not expect to go, um, which is fine. But I, you know, it was like a little, I was less relatable to me. I was definitely thinking I was getting into like, um, more of a madcap. I thought James Franco might show up any moment and he never did. He's been canceled. That's probably for the best, yeah. The, They're trying to keep a distance. Can- Are keep we a, is he official? Is he really canceled? Is that oh, real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be. It seems, it seems oh, like okay. this is going to stick for old James. And I mean, people are distancing themselves. He's had, the, the, you know what though, Lisa? This was a long time coming. That that yeah. P, that POS has been had been coyoteing around college campuses for two decades. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. his time has come. Don't He's feel bad for him. Well, he had plenty of no, sexual harassment time. <laughs> um, I just didn't realize that you know this was sticking. You know, sometimes it doesn't stick with these with these folks. They you That's know they true. just keep coming back like roaches. That's true. But, um, I, I, look, he's you're probably right there, and he I, I I would imagine I don't think that that dude can stay out of a spotlight for too long. He'll figure out a way to crawl back. Yeah, totally. He'll figure it but, out. But um, but yeah, the pickle movie, I I just it didn't do it for me. You know, I mean, there was a few little jokey things that were funny, but it even wasn't even like hilarious. Like Seth Rogen can be funny, and it wasn't even that funny. You know what I mean? It was just a lot of, and they fought and they bickered and they tried to sabotage each other a lot which you know that just sort of bummed me out a little and you knew of course a family will prevail and it does and it did i mean spoiler alert it did blah 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 but you know there was just a long it was a long journey to get there but like you said i was on a plane and you know what by the time it was over we were landing so it it got me there it passed the time and you know this sounds like some kind of nightmarish fever dream that might be just right for an airplane you know, I think I think that's why I liked it is because it di- it does take a bunch of crazy turns and it never really ends up being the movie that you think it's going to be un- until the end where it yeah. does, like Lisa said, have the well the real meaning of life is family and we all need to be you know supportive of one another. It does take that turn at the end and become a little bit more conventional, but there's not a whole lot going on that's very conventional in the first you know three quarters of this movie. Right. Yeah, and you know it brings an idea to mind. Which is that yeah. I wonder if the next time you're on a plane, if you open one of those 
pickle bags. You know what I'm talking about? The ones that they sell at, at, a conv- at like the shitty convenience store. If you open yeah. the pickle bag on a plane, if somebody would complain about that. Do, the, do this smell? They smell really bad. And I will, you know, how I like to sidestep things a little bit. I don't know if you know the story or not, Lisa, but when I went to England um, many years ago, actually, I don't even think it was when I went to England. I think it's when I, I went to, fr- I went to uh, Italy and I was coming back and we changed in the, in the London airport. And, I, and I, as a young person, I was like, I'm in the London airport. I'm going to get fish and chips. Do you see where this oh, is yeah. going? I do see where this is going. Yeah. And so, and, and of course, I didn't have time to eat it before they boarded the plane. And as I'm boarding the plane, I didn't, I couldn't find a trash can. So I get on the plane and I've got fish and chips in a box in my lap. And, oh no! Yes, and everybody was staring at me, and it, and it did. It smelled. And um, the one of the flight attendants, I've never had this happen in my life, one of the flight attendants who was so pissed off, yanked the fish and chips out of my hand, put it in a biohazard bag, and they taxied back. To what? the gate to get it off the plane. No. Are you for real? Yes, I'm dead serious. What? <laughs> Remember how we've talked about how I'm Larry David? This is an entire yeah, episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, y'all. It's an entire episode. episode. And you I had to fl- email Larry. <laughs> well, you, that's idea. what my mom said. You, look, <laughs> I had to fly on this. This is not a short flight. I had to fly all the way back to the States with everybody on that plane hating me. Because, you know, we were 10 minutes behind and I had you smelled the, it. Yeah, yeah. And also it's still, the, the fish smell was hovering. Oh, my God. Oh, my I'm God. I'm sorry. I fucked up. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Lessons were learned. Lessons <laughs> were learned. Anyway, not enough to not have me suggest you take a pickle bag on a plane to see what <laughs> Yeah, happens. exactly. Not too many lessons were learned. <laughs> that is such an extreme reaction to fish <laughs> smell. <laughs> you weren't on the plane, wow. Corey. Wow. Uh, anyway, Lisa, I'm sorry I derailed your pickle movie plane experience no, to no. be all about my fish plane experience. No, no. <laughs> I love hearing it. I love- <laughs> Good Lord. Anyway, well, we'll yeah, see. We'll see you, see you soon. You're going to be in town for the festival. And guess what? I, we're, yeah. we're officially inviting you to be part of the Side Talks Live. Side Talks Live. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yes, oh of course. Because I've been to a taping um, uh, of Side Talks Live, but I didn't. I didn't know I was part of it. Oh yes. my gosh! Wow. So get okay. a story together, get some viewing in in, in order, and we'll, we'll okay. I'm going to cram some in, please, and we'll see you. No soon. more Seth Rogen for a while. I, I think that's a great idea. Nobody <laughs> needs to hear that live. Aww. Aww. Anyway, we'll see you soon. Talk to you later, bros. Okay. Enjoy bye. the enjoy the beach, bra. Bye. Okay. Bye. bye. So that's a, that's our sound effect. Why is that the sound effect? I don't know. I just came up with it. Okay. It's, it's the sound effect for we're going to talk a little bit about the 2021 lineup. I remember the year this time. It's almost like, um, you know, there's, there's automatic, like, you know, when news would come over the wire and like all exactly. the president's men and, and you know, you get the, the teletype. I don't know what it's called. It's very official. Yeah. It's very official. So. Or like if we could do it this way and we could have it be like the sound that the Silkwood shower makes. (laughs) Like when she's got the plutonium on her. Anyway. You sound like a, like a crow with COVID. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about some of the documentary (laughs) features. Uh, in the sidewalk lineup. Let's do it. Um, and, and the best place to start, of course, is with opening night. Yes. Uh, this year's opening night feature is a documentary uh, called Television Event. So why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about Television Event? Oh, boy. It's about nuclear war. Yes, it is. So our opening night, 2021, 23rd annual return to downtown in the middle of the pandemic, or question mark, is about nuclear war. It just seemed to make sense. 
It, it everything about it kind of makes sense. Yeah, even though I've gotten a few people who are like, "Oh, they've really lost it," but no, it's a it's a great film that's about the making of a film about the film the day after. Excuse me, the making of the film the day after. That's how I should say. Yeah, it. I'm trying to get too complicated here. So the day after is a made-for-TV movie from the early 1980s. Um, that deals with the sudden, shocking uh, onset of nuclear war uh, and the devastation that follows in the immediate aftermath. And it's got this really great cast. You've got folks like Jason Robards in this movie. Joe so Beth Williams, my girl Joe Beth Williams. Yeah, so it's legit. And it's uh, directed by Nicholas Meyer, who um, at that point was an Oscar nominee for his Sherlock Holmes movie, The 7% Solution. And uh, he's perhaps best known as the director of a couple Star Trek movies, including The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, for sure. Khan! Oh, boy. So there's so all you nerds, beware. Um, it's an interesting film. The Day After is an interesting film, but the film at Television Event is an interesting film as well. But I think what's interesting about The Day After is that they just get, and they talk about this a little bit in the film, they just get out of the way all the who's and the what's yeah. and the why's. It's not who pressed the button. It's not who did what. And you don't see any of a lead up. Usually you would see a film that would sort of lead up to, you know, what's going to happen? Is this going to happen? And then you'd have this devastation. But really this thing just kind of, that's all generic. Yeah, that doesn't really it starts matter. from worst case scenario and devolves yeah. from there. And it's just small town America and and what it would be like to to live through a nuclear war. And man, oh man, oh man, as a as little Rachel, I was fucking terrified. Oh, I bet it scared the shit out of me. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, you know, I'm I'm from Gen X, which is the fuck around and find out generation, <laughs> and we are that for a reason, and that's because we were just. You know, we came out of the womb and they were like, watch this shit right here. And this was one of those things. Now, now, and don't forget, this is a thing that could happen right. to you. I mean, we any are. Any day now. Any day. Totally. And we were in the middle of this, right? So, I mean, part of the context of the day after is that Reagan is basically sitting there with his finger on the button. I mean, he, yeah. he was, everybody it was fussing and fighting with the Russians. Huh? And, um, you know, he wasn't. A, he wasn't a puppet to the Russians like some folks were uh, and or are. And so it was we're really it was a scary era. Yeah. I mean, Reagan has his finger on the button and he's just like saying to the Soviets, I fucking dare you. I want you to do it. I want you to do I'm it. I'm in fucking movies. Try it. Fucking try it. And, you know, the Soviet Union likewise is saying the same thing. Um, so, so the day after it was a film that was released at, at the sort of the height, not even the height, I guess, but, but, um, not the height of cold war, war anxiety, but, but amidst Close to cold it, war man. Close anxiety. To it. Um, and, and so television event not only sort of charts the making of the day after, but, but also explores the context into which the film was released and explores the effect that this film had on um, the American public. Um, it was a massive hit. Um, and a massive viewing audience. Yeah. Keep in mind that that almost half of the country watched this. That's that's insane. It's a, it's a, a crazy thing to think about. Almost half of the country. And I definitely – that was definitely my experience. I don't think I knew anybody who hadn't watched it. Right. Just, just no one who hadn't watched it. I'm actually shocked it wasn't – from my ex personal experience, it wasn't more. But, I mean, half is insane. But, you know, with that – Part of why we decided to program this is what that is, is this shared cultural event across the country. This everybody talking about the same thing. Every, this led every conversation. This led every sort of 
communication between human beings in this country at that time. And so coming out of, again, let me be careful here. The pandemic definitely has influenced the decision to put this on opening night because looking at something that is such a shared cultural event seems especially relevant in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this movie. I love it. I was so yeah. pleased when you selected it as opening night because it's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a little while. Um, and I think that our listeners, uh, if you are the sort of person geeky enough to listen to this podcast, you're definitely the sort of person for whom television event was specifically made. Um, but I, it's it's also accessible beyond just that sort of totally. niche um, interested in film and filmmaking audience. It's a, it's a movie that I think can speak to pretty much anybody, um, especially, you know, um, folks who uh, were around to see this movie and remember the impact that it had. And that's a big net because this, again, this wasn't something that was sort of popular amongst kids or popular amongst adults. It really did reach everything from from great grandparents all the way down to old enough to comprehend what was happening. I mean, yes. this is also an era which I don't think parents filtered as much. It was sort of like, everybody gather around the TV. We're going to watch this thing tonight. It's I mean, it's TV on movie. ABC. Right. How emotionally devastating can it be? <laughs> oh, boy. So... For all of those reasons, and you know, on opening night, we love a film about filmmaking, but we also love a little bit of nostalgia, and this nostalgia, I think, resonates with a lot of folks. And so the first 30 minutes of this film, 30 to 40 minutes of this film, I found to be actually a lot of fun. It does take a turn from there as thing is about nuclear war, but it's sort of celebratory at the beginning. And it, and it, and it gets back to, it lands in, in a much better place as well. But, I, you know, when I mentioned to you that this was going to be opening night, you didn't skip a beat to say, like, that's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, which, yeah. You know, so I, I'm glad that you I'm glad that you you felt like it was the right tone because it's it's been a it's it's an unusual one to try to explain to folks why this would be opening night. Of course, there's one other reason, which is that this is the first U.S. theatrical screening of this film. Period. Yeah, that's exciting. In and- an era when every damn thing is <laughs> on VOD, it's very exciting. Um, a real feather in the cap for Sidewalk this I year. I think so. I think yeah, so. so. So a, f- a film about nuclear war, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, I, I really do think so. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about some of the other docs that we'll see uh, yeah, play throughout the weekend. And, and obviously, there are a ton. So we're not going to touch on all of them. We can't. And, and, it, and I'll just to go ahead and confess, it is a very doc-heavy year. Uh, that is because of the nature of what is being soaked up by all of the VOD services and, and what's resonating to the top and, and mostly what the algorithm is going to try to push down all of our throats. Oh, totally. So that's part of why, in addition to that, just in general, I think more docs were made this year than, than narratives. So it is doc heavy. We won't have time to cover even a, a significant portion of the lineup, but let's talk about a few things. And I'm curious to know what you're most excited about. Well, um, I mean, I'm excited about a lot of these. I've seen a lot of these movies. A movie that I saw um, at Sundance earlier this year that has become one of the most acclaimed documentaries of the year is uh, is Ailey, um, the documentary yeah. about uh, Alvin Ailey, the famous uh, black choreographer who formed a, a, a dance company that still exists to this day. Uh, a really, really wonderful movie um, that, to my knowledge, has not played in the Birmingham market and likely won't between now and, and Sidewalk. So uh, a great opportunity to see this on the big screen. Agreed. And, and the beautiful, I believe I put it in the Lyric Theater. I don't know if I'm correct there, but I believe I put it in the Lyric. If not, it's in Alabama. It's in one of those two. It is at the Lyric yeah, on Saturday I'm, afternoon. I think that's going to be a gorgeous film to see there at the Lyric. Oh, it's great. I mean, the the archival footage in this thing alone. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just wonderful. 
Um, next up, uh, let's see. Well, we mentioned it on the last episode, so we might as well talk a bit more about it. Uh, LFG. LFG. Yeah, which stands for Let's fucking go. This is a this is an this is a film brought to us by HBO Max and CNN Films, and when they when they get behind something, the production value is up there, and this certainly is. This is a film that's a lot of fun to watch, but man, oh man, is it also maddening. Yeah, so the the movie is about the U.S. national women's team, the soccer team, um, which of course um, just had its moment at the Olympics. Um, they are excellent athletes. Uh, Four-time World Cup winners, I think. I think that sounds right. Um, uh, and you have a lot of players who have come from the national women, the women's national team, and who are currently on the women's national team, who have become pretty significant um, celebrities and and you know significant media figures in their own right. Uh, like Megan Rapino, for instance. Yeah, um, who's all up in this film. Who is, yeah, very, very heavily featured. But the the conceit of LFG is not just a profile of the team, which would be interesting enough, right? It's instead a, uh, a documentary about how the women's national team is drastically underpaid compared to their, let's face it, less winning male colleagues. Um, because yes. it, it, it'll be a cold day in hell before the men's national team wins a World Cup. I'll tell you that much. Um, and I mean, not just less, I mean, not just less winning, but they're clearly, and I'm sure this has to do with the fact that they win so damn much, but they're also vastly more popular. They sell vastly more merchandise. Yes. The, all of those things should contribute to them being vastly more successful. And and we are in the United States of America, so that should equal a dollar sign. So um, it does not. <laughs> At all. And, and so the women's national team took the extraordinary te- step a few years ago of suing the U.S. Soccer Federation uh, for equal pay. And so this is a documentary that explores uh, that case. And, and you're right. This is – uh, an infuriating movie. You, you, the only logical conclusion you can reach when you get to the end of it is pay these women what they what they deserve. You yeah. know what you owe them for Christ's sake. It would be hard to find anybody who you couldn't point at this film and say, "Tell me misogyny isn't real." And right. they go, "It ain't." Right. That would be tough. Uh, it's a wonderful movie. Um, of course, agreed. Um, a really, really big fan of it. I mentioned it on another po- episode yeah. of the podcast, so we don't have to dwell on it for too much longer but that is um that's playing at 3 30 on saturday afternoon at i think the, the lyric. lyric that's right yeah. uh all right so next up i i kind of want to highlight a a smaller title here um and it's it's a title that i think i talked about on another previous episode of this of the podcast and it's it's the film north by current yeah uh which you is did, part of the the shout lineup this year. I believe you watched that for Tribeca this year. I did. At Tribeca online. Um, and it is, yeah, it's a shout title and an interesting one at that. Yeah, it's it's a, almost like a personal essay film almost. Um, the, the filmmaker who uh, is uh, a trans man um, whose family is, they're not entirely accepting of that. Um, he, he has sort of static with his mother. Um, and also, um, the film sort of takes a look at a, a family tragedy um, yeah. that they all have to grapple with. Um, and um, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's just kind of a, 
it's a it's a tough film, but it's a brave film. I think that's the word I used in the last last time I talked about this, um, because it is so vulnerable, and it, it is uh, uh, the filmmaker. He he just sort of airs this, uh, you know, the, the, these family stories that are so it, it's so relatable and so bracing and so difficult, um, and it, it covers so much. Um, difficult material. It's it, it's just to be commended that that they'd sort of bear it all like that. Yeah, and shout of course is a shout title, and shout of course is our LGBTQ lineup within the festival. Really, a festival than a festival, and it is the only LGBTQ festival in the state of Alabama. So we're very proud of that. We also have a spotlight night. Just since you're since we're talking about shout spotlight night, that is the that happens the leading up the week leading up to. I believe it's the Wednesday night leading up to the festival weekend. And that night we're going to be highlighting some short films. And that's an interesting one to keep an eye out for because we sort of hit a bunch of different topics, one of which is a lesbian separatist community in Mentone, Alabama. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what else are you excited about? Uh, I wanted to talk about this um, little double feature of short docs, short music docs that you have also programmed on Saturday night. This is kind of a cool one, unusual one, and I haven't seen anybody else bring these two together in a festival lineup, so I'm excited about it. So first we have a film called We Were There to Be There, um, and I don't know anything about this. So it is a film in which a couple of bands, but most specifically and probably best known, The Cramps, play in a uh, mental – was called a mental institution. Oh, no way. Um, a, a state state mental institution certainly would have been referred to as that at the time. And kind of like the title suggests, they weren't really trying to do anything except be there to perform for the, for the folks who were there. Huh. And it is some pretty wild footage of that performance. And it was a performance that, that – just happened on a flat floor without any kind of rules. And so people are grabbing microphones and interacting and it is, it is something to be seen a really interesting film. And you've paired that with a little sort of mini feature uh, doc about an hour long about Blondie called Blondie. Uh, what is it? Viva in La Habana. Yes, so it's just Blondie, and this is this is modern day Blondie. So this is current day twenty nineteen twenty nineteen wow, Blondie okay. going to Cuba and performing in Cuba and their connection with Cuba and uh, Debbie Harry's love for Cuba and it is it is performance heavy as well. So these two bands, of course, contemporaries, and it just kind of made sense to bring one of which this vintage footage, the other one modern footage, with of course a couple of looks, a couple of little nods backwards to Blondie in that as well, but bringing those two together and put them as a double feature since they're both very short. Yeah, that sounds cool. I think it's going to be a fun little double feature for folks who like either or both of those bands. Did you like how I completely lost confidence when I had to say the Spanish part of that title? I wouldn't I just try went, it. I just went, I said Blondie. Blah, 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 blah. I like that though. I mean, I told you I only speak English and and I speak a little Spanish. That Spanish would be anything that's on a Mexican food restaurant. Well, I'm sure that we'll uh, I'll get some hate mail about that. Uh, send all hate mail to uh, Sam at SidewalkFest.com. Please do. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, the the double feature, the music double feature, there playing at Boutwell Auditorium on Saturday night at eight ten. And I forgot to mention North by Current uh, Saturday at seven thirty at First Church. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so let's get into Sunday. Um, you're bringing back Summer of Soul. I'm bringing back Summer Soul. It, it's this spot that I, in the lineup that I that I like to refer to as sort of Sidewalk Church, not yeah. to offend anybody, but it's Sidewalk Church. And I'm going to try to keep keep this up as long as I can. I don't know how long that'll be because it really depends on what the content is out there. But you know, 
the year before last, of course, last year with the drive-in, so it wouldn't have been relevant, but year before last, we screened the Aretha Franklin doc, and which is just heavy performance footage. Just the best. And people loved it. They went nuts for this thing. Oh, yeah. And everybody sang in unison, and it was a really lovely Sunday morning. And so we're going to – I'm not suggesting the same thing is going to happen. I can't make any promises. But Summer of Soul has that same kind of uncovered footage, really wonderful performance – high energy vibe that the Aretha Franklin doc had. And, and I'm super excited to see that play on Sunday morning at the Lyric. And if anybody wants to start breaking out in song, I think it'll be welcomed. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Summer of Soul, by the way, see it with a big crowd, see it in a great theater, see it with great sound. It's Plenty just, of room to spread out. It's just the best. And and if you have seen it, see it again in this venue. Because I mean, I'm, it's I really want to. Yeah, it's really special. <laughs> Um, just a couple more docs I want to highlight, um, on Sunday, uh, Lily topples the world uh, yeah. is part of the family film selection. This is a movie that I saw at South by, um, and it's, it's a, it's a very unlikely sort of, it, it's almost just like a, a, a totally pleasant chill out documentary. That's not about the world ending. It's not about, you know, systemic oppression. It's not about any sort of calamity. And, you know, it's about a YouTube celebrity, a young lady who builds these elaborate domino structures and, you know, knocks them over. And that's what you do with dominoes. That's what you do. One thing I can guarantee there will be dominoes present at this. You know when we screen something like this I at figured. Sidewalk. I mean, we once screened a film about a bagging grocery, a grocery bagging competition, <laughs> and we bagged groceries to see who would win. So you know we're going to have dominoes at this. Um, well, that one's well worth seeing, and and, and bring the little ones to that. I, I, again, that's um, they probably already know who this girl is. Yeah, we don't. Because um, they also know the woman who eats hairbrushes. Well, the YouTube ecosystem is the wild west, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Is. But uh, but your kids, they're familiar with it. Um, Kubrick by Kubrick is yeah. uh, also playing uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, what are the odds you missed that one? Well, I've, I, I, I think this is a good movie. Um, uh, <laughs> I know you've seen it, but what are the odds you missed that one? Um, I'll probably peek my head in to watch some of it on, on the Alabama theater I'm screen. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I feel the need to see it again, but it is uh, a a really visually uh, compelling uh, walk through Kubrick's filmography, and it is told through his own words, through archival uh, interview. Um, audio with the master filmmaker himself. The one and only. I mean, part of the reason I mentioned I'm surprised you're going to miss it is just because it's going to look spectacular on that screen at the That's Alabama. That's true. So it is a visually stunning film. The only reason I think I would miss it is because I might also be – I might prefer to see a movie that I haven't seen yet at I this gotcha. point, uh, which is The Kids. Okay. Um, about the cast of the Larry Clark, Harmony Corinne 90s Classic question mark? Uh, kids. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a classic in some circles. Um, it's certainly one of the more controversial films of the 90 and 90s. And the kids, this this new documentary, takes a look at some of the non-professional actors who didn't go on to have big successful right. uh, film careers like, say, Chloe Sevigny or Rosario Dawson did. Right. Um, some of the other actors from this film who um, sort of air their – um, their feelings about 
having been featured in such a way by by Clark and Corinne. And, and you I, aren't looking good in this show. I, I have to imagine that, that Larry Clark in particular does not come across very, very well. Shocker. I don't know if you've kept up with the career of Larry Clark in recent years, but let's just say there isn't one. Well, these, these issues go back to... They go back far. Yeah. They go back to the era in which this kids was made. It, it, it's unethical filmmaking. Let's right. face it. And this, this looks at that. I think, yeah, I think that you might, I think you might really dig this film. If you have any interest at all in that, in, in that original film from what, 1993, I think it is. Yeah. The, something like very that. Very provocative kids directed by Larry Clark. I think you should see this if, if that indeed is, is of interest to you. And there, there are a couple of other things I want to hit. Um, I have not seen Carter Land, um, but you've put it in the Alabama theater on Sunday afternoon. Theater, and there is a peanut allergy warning on that, so please because you're going to turn into Logan's Roadhouse. I mean, I would love to. I would love to, but yeah, this is this is an epic Jimmy Carter documentary, and it really covers everything. And if you are or aren't a fan or just like political docs, this is a great one. Yeah. Also, just if you like good profile pieces, it's a great one for that purpose, too. Well, I'm going to have to catch that at the festival yeah. because I, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, the Lost Leonardo I have seen. Um, that's playing, I think, right across the street at the Lyric. It is a crazy, crazy as hell art world documentary about a bunch of uh, dummies who overpaid for a picture. And I have a special surprise at that screening. Fingers crossed it works out. But another uh, art world heist master might be making a special appearance and have something very special in hand for the screening. Fantastic. If any of that piques your interest – Join us for the Lost Leonardo, and at, you know we're we're talking around that, but real ones know. We'll just real put it that know. way. It's if, a if special you're a, surprise. If you're a long term side uh, sidewalk person, you probably are, are catching what uh, Rachel's dropping there. Uh, and let me just speaking of surprises, by the way, if you are a documentary film lover and you are a fan of multi time Sundance winners, I highly recommend that you seek out the one documentary. Screening. Well, actually, there's two secret documentary screenings. Yeah, the, the secret screening for the Saturday. documentary. This will be yeah. the Saturday doc secret documentary screening. That is going to be a new work, a brand new work from a documentary filmmaker who is highly successful, and she's going to be showing, giving you hints all over the place here. <laughs> she's going to be showing an an early cut of her new film and looking for feedback from an audience. So it's a work in progress screening. Yes, it's a work in progress a secret screening. And again, if if that piques your interest at all, please attend that. Or if you just are the kind of person who loves to go and actually give feedback on a film that might impact its final structure, come to that screening. So uh, that'll wrap up our, our look at the documentaries in the Sidewalk lineup. There are st- there are a lot that I didn't mention. Oh, I mean, not um, you only mentioned about 10% of the docs in the lineup. I yeah, think, maybe some, 15 I mean, something like that. Very I, small. A lot of great movies that, that we didn't talk about. Um, but, but check out sidewalkfest.com for, for the full lineup, um, and, and keep looking at social media for more, uh, for more news about the upcoming festival. Uh, I guarantee you that you will be able to find a documentary film that piques your interest if somehow none of those did, but I bet that some of those did. Well, thank you for listening to Side Talks Podcast, where you are listening to your own personal cinematic sidekick and razor. I don't understand that. I'm really going with inanimate objects in these special episodes. 
Okay. A sidekick. Oh, 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 And a yeah. razor. And as a matter of fact, now I have an opportunity. This I just laid the groundwork for one of my favorite quotes from that iconic show, The Hills. Uh-huh. Which took place in, in the era of the sidekick in the early 2000s, where one of the girls goes, I'm about to take your sidekick and drop it in your mojito. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening <laughs> to Side Talks. Um, thanks to our friends here at Boutwell Studios for producing the show, as always. And check us out at SidewalkFest.com, where you can get those tickets and get passes get to the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival. The lineup's out there. We've been talking about it. Yep. What What do you, you know, what, stop, stop waiting. Don't wait. Just, just buy them. Just get them. We're at, it's at Sidewalk Film. You can find us on all the socials. Thanks again to Boutwell. Thanks to Splash96. And thanks most and most and most to you for listening. Bye. Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.